Comic Book Club News gives you the comic book news you need to know first thing in the morning every weekday in the form of digestible three to five minute long podcasts. Comic Book Club News recaps breaking news stories from Marvel, DC Comics, and beyond Monday through Friday. New episodes drop 6 a.m. ET in the Comic Book Club News feed so they're ready for you when you're ready for the day. Comic Book Club News. You hear it second or third, possibly fourth. At Parker, our purpose is simple. We want to make the world a better place. By working more efficiently, by using more sustainable practices, by developing better technologies, we keep moving forward. With each new idea, innovation, and partnership, we're one step closer to fulfilling our purpose every single day. To find out more, visit parker.com slash purpose. Parker, engineering your success. This is a podcast from Minute Media. No, it's that. What is up, everybody? Welcome to Comic Book Club. I'm Alex. I'm Justin. I'm Pete. And we're coming to you live from a couple of places on the internet. We're live at Crowdcast. Yeah, we're live yeah, at YouTube. Yeah, you might be listening later at a variety of places. That is all good. We have a great show for you this evening. Yeah, we do. But before we get into it, once a month, we pay tribute to... It's how I mark time in my life. It's how I mark time in my life. To some of our lovely Patreon supporters, you can support us at patreon.com slash comic book club. We say a thank you to them once a month. Uh, So We murder their names. Murder Absolutely. Just destroy them. But why don't we go through it? Because we got a lot of them, and uh, we really appreciate all of their support. Kicking it off with Oidis Larson, Aaron C. Hollis, Aaron Howarth, Adam DeRose, Adam Horowitz, Adam Marks, Adriel Moreland, Alana Pontnot, Amanda Harris, <laughs> Amy Gonzalez, Andrew, Andrew Primo, Andrew Tilbin, Beer Cat PhD, Benjamin Brown, Carly W. Carrie Matthews, Chelsea Mack, Chris Leatherman, Christina Jarmilo. Oh, I love every time. Chris Terlizzi, Clemens Luer, Corby Dorby Doodle, Curtis LaRock, Deman Ryan, Dan Snow, Daniel Cabral, Daniel Fuentes, Danny Heck, Debbie Gloom, Dennis Scott, Derek Mainhart, Dylan LJ, Eduardo Martinez, Emmett Quish. Aaron Dorian shouts. Jeffrey Risher. Gerard de Villiers. Isaac Carter. Jake Fry. James Connolly. James Kurtz. Jason Donahue. Jeffrey Whaley. John George shouts. Jonathan Jong. Jonathan McCool. Joshua Gibson. Joshua W. Broxon. Julian Lobato. Catherine Anderson. Casey Newhaven. Kevin Grimes. Kevin Kleinrock. Kieran Broderick. Cody Thomas, Lee Brown, Luana Thomas, Lucas Inc., Mark Zeller, Matt Tice, Megan Thigpad, Michael Tillman, Mitchell McDonald, Nathaniel Diaz, Nelson Kelso, Nick Grayson, Off-White Savior, why? Official CBC Chef Brett Macris, Omnia Soul Art, Oren Dix, Pablo Martinez, Pedro A. Rangel, Pete's Pretty Kitty. There it is. Primetime, Polly G. 
Provocative Ambulance. <laughs> Ooh, love it. Nice. Rev Mikey. Robert Pedinato. Sarah Schottmuller. Sarah Shaver. Scott Carpenter. Scott England. Stanley. Tamila Rush. Taylor Bryan. Terrible Jason. The Big Flood. The Twelve Badge. Thomas Glenn. Victor Perez. Will Buchanan. Zika's Viral Comics. And thank you to all of you, as well thank as everybody so who thank supports you. us on Patreon, even if we didn't read off your name, really. We could not keep this show and all the shows we do going without your support. Again, if you're and just as tuning... always, one of those names is fake. And if you can find it, you win a prize. <laughs> oh, no, really? Yeah, mm. it's a secret name quiz we've been running for years. We have? Yep, mm. I have. Oh, it's not. If you're just you're tuning in, those are all people that support name? us. <laughs> yeah. Uh, those are all people who support us on Patreon. We appreciate it. But let's get to it. Let's invite our guests into the stream here. They are the creators of a new book called True Cult that is coming out from IDW on August 17th. It is awesome. Ladies and gentlemen, Scott Brian Winston and Liana Kangas, I believe, is also here as well. Scott, awesome. Hello. you're on the stream. Hello. Welcome. How are you? Good. What's happening? Oh, my gosh. Hey. And there's Liana. Hello, Liana. Hi. Uh, thank you both for coming so much. Now, normally, I wouldn't do this right off. Usually, we talk about what we're drinking in the audience question section after the interview. Uh, but I wanted to bring this up because, as we mentioned in the intro to the show, one of our supporters is a great guy named Brett Macris. Straight he, uh, he is the official CBC chef. And what he usually does is he curates a drink for us every week. We've done some stuff from like the Gotham City cookbook. We've done some things that people like to drink. And occasionally he'll create drinks. And this week he created a drink called the True Cult Sour that I wanted to pass by <laughs> you guys. Nice. I'm going to see if I can bring up the awesome. recipe here so we can show it to everybody who's watching live. So there we go. This is uh, the True Cult Sour with the little swigglies under True and Cult because there's V's under both of it. Anybody who... Yeah. Uh, is wondering about that. It's a, a rye whiskey, typo. <laughs> <laughs> lemon juice, simple syrup. And I looked this up. It's orjat in uh, France. Oh, uh, so you drop the ingredients in the shaker with ice, pour it into a prepared chilled highball, order with a side of fries and a double bacon cheeseburger. Uh, because most of the book takes place at a fast food restaurant. I have one of them right here, and oh. it is delicious. Just That's like amazing. your incredible Cheers. comic book. Oh, nice. Thank you. Thank you so much. That is there you go. so yeah. fucking cool. So cool. <laughs> so yeah, there you go. The True Cult Sour if you want to make it at home. But let's talk about the book itself, which, like I said, is also awesome and coming out on August 17th. I don't want to spoil too much of it because it's still a couple of weeks away, but it kind of misses uh, crime, a little bit of cult, as you could probably tell from the title. Uh, it's a little bit like in my mind, clerks, reality bites kind of thing, maybe a little yeah. bit going on there. Uh, where where did it start for both of you? Where did the idea start and how did it develop? Um, Scott and I met at a con, I think a while back when I was living in the tri-state area and uh, he introduced himself. Like I was like, oh, I'm actually a fan. I have one of your books too. This is great. Um, and we connected and ended up doing an anthology together uh, briefly called The Good Fight. Um, and we were kind of doing signings for, uh, I think, that and where we live. And we just kept talking about wanting to work together. So uh, I had told him one day that I really wanted to do a heist book, specifically mm, cool. mentioned Ocean's Eleven. And he was like, I have just the thing. 
Uh, that's well, awesome. And the book, I mean, part of the book sort of is um, lo- an Ocean's One, or I guess like a <laughs> pond, yeah. Uh, yeah, a yeah. small, dirty pond one, if you could. Um, uh, that's. Uh, can you talk about, so that's the heist part. Um, yeah. Will there be more heists, or is that? That's uh, that's that, that, that's the heist. You know, I, I, I'm a big fan of crime fiction, and I love heist, heist fiction, heist movies, and I had always wanted to do something with that. Um, but I was trying to think of a heist that I felt I was smart enough to figure out how to do. But also, <laughs> then I, the, you know, because like, you know, the, they get so complicated, right? Because they've been some, done so many times, they have to get more and more complex. And then um, I started thinking about, well, maybe not smart enough for me to do, but like, what's something that like, maybe a normal person could figure out. And I, right. I, I, I just, I just thought about what if you just robbed every store in a strip mall back to back to back? Like I bet if you watched it long enough, you could figure out the rhythms if you found the right one. Uh, and so that's where it came from. And, you know, originally the, the heist was going to be a big centerpiece in the middle of the miniseries. Um, but we ended up just putting it in the second, third page and said, fuck it, let's just get it out of the way. And then we'll, <laughs> we'll, the whole book will deal with the fallout from it. So smart. Uh, I, I love that move just because, and, and I say this in the best way, there are so many different things going on with this book, but like you're saying, you do start with this heist thing, and then it pulls back in a certain way, and you get this very slice of life, uh, sitting at a burger restaurant, sitting at like a McDonald's-type place. Um, have either of you ever worked in a restaurant like that, or have you ever worked retail? Oh, yeah. Was there anything that you were yeah. pulling on your experience oh, yeah. there? Felt oh, real, yeah, for sure. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. I, um, I feel like we've both worked food and retail jobs, right? Oh, nice. So you really get the whole uh, experience, if you will. <laughs> yeah, I worked. I worked in a. I worked in a grocery store in in college. So, uh, and I had worked in fast food in high school. So I have a, a wide range of of, of all that. I'm, a lot of the things that constantly are brought up throughout the miniseries are are direct things from like working in fast food. They they talk about the bun order a lot, like how many orders you have to of buns you order from the wholesaler, you know, um, that comes up a lot as a paralyzing, uh, you know, psychological torment, uh, to figure out. Um, so there's a lot of things like that that come up, you know, throughout that are straight from, from those days. I worked at a Burger King in high school. So I identified, and I grew up in a small town upstate New York with a lot of mini malls that were, uh, Rob, Rob, ready, ready to be burned. Ready, they're ready to go, <laughs> ripe yeah. and ready. Uh, so I definitely <laughs> felt connected to this, and just it's time to lean, time to clean. The my manager at Burger King literally said that, and it's oh, yeah. infuri- infuriating how yeah. cute people that say that think it is. <laughs> right. Well, uh, talk a little bit about condensing that concept. Then, once you realized, all right, you know, we're going to get the heist out of the way in the first couple of pages, then move on to the tension of that leg in the background. How did that change how you approach the book? Well, you know, I think I, originally I was like, oh, it'll be complex. It'll be twenty pages. It'll be a five issue miniseries, and the middle issue will be just the heist. You know, it'll be like Rafifi or something, and this this whole thing you build up to, and it'll be silent, and it'll be great. And then. Uh, and then we realized like, oh, well, if we're going to pitch the book, we just need, you know, we just need to have the crime in the front. We haven't, you know, we don't have enough of a body of work behind us where we can just say, trust us, it'll be awesome. So we're like, ah, fuck it. We'll just put it in the first couple pages and, you know, whatever. So that's what we did. You know, we, we made it into uh, eight eight panels or maybe it's three pages because there's some after he leaves the stores, there's a little bit too. But 
Um, you know, nothing changed too much except I real. I, I guess thinking about it in retrospect, you know, I think about uh, what would have happened in the two issues before it got to the robbery. Like, I don't know what I, I'm not sure what I would have done. I don't know what I was thinking. So it, it worked out to be the book it was supposed to be. Uh, Liana, some, for, oh, go ahead. Sorry. I was just going to say we have some unused ideas that we had thrown down earlier on that was just kind of fun to draw. Um, I would say that that's the only difference is that we have backup material. Right. <laughs> One of the things that I really liked about the book also, and we're talking about it's set in this mall, a lot of the bulk of the book past the robbery is set in a booth at this burger joint. For you, from an artistic perspective, I thought it was really great how fresh you kept it, despite the fact that you're essentially setting it in one place. So how how do you tackle that as an artist? How do you make sure that it's not just like these talking heads back and forth? I um, A lot of people have commented on like my acting skills in my drawing, which I really appreciate because I typically use myself for reference. So uh, I'm a great actor, apparently. Um, Scott, <laughs> That's awesome. Congrats. Uh, uh, Scott is great at lending a lot of direction in terms of like panel layouts and stuff like that. And we work really well together in kind of like not one-upping each other, but writers rooming it sometimes. And I think a lot of like, I, I just can't take all the credit, I guess, because a lot of the direction and like terms of uh, like scene layouts and film type feel is a lot from like both Scott and I's interests kind of like in certain movies and things like that. So I try to pull a lot of that when I'm working in those specific scenes, especially cool. uh, a very specific scene in issue one where you see a character looking at one person, but then going back and forth. So yeah, to try and keep you interested, but also have the conversation going on. Also, you know, artists, most artists have ADHD at this point. So I, feel like <laughs> <just pulling laughs> I will say, while while she says she can't take the credit, the I the script is written because I know she's going to knock it out of the park. Right. So, you know, it, it's it, there's a there's a there's a there's a we have a good relationship in terms of like I can give her some very vague idea of what it is that I'm thinking because I know she's gonna make it even better than what I'm thinking, you know. So with that speed with that scene specifically, you know, there's there's three things going on at once, right? There's actually the the interview that's happening, but then there's what's happening in the background behind the interview, but then there's also the dialogue and the um, the thoughts, the narration that are happening. So there's sort of three layers going on there. Um, so, you know, we, we worked on that scene quite a bit. I, if I recall trying you, to make sure that we got it right. You can, uh, you can feel it. I mean, that tension in that booth, when you see kind of like the cops pull up and he, he starts sweating and it's, it's really not only well drawn, but kind of well acted. And it's just like, Holy crap, it's all going down. Uh, and it's really, uh, the tension of it is, is palpable, which is impressive in a comic book. Uh, yeah, I creatively, I was really blown away by, uh, what you guys did here. It was really awesome. Thank, oh, thank you. you. Thank you. Appreciate that. I feel like one of the reasons why uh, maybe um, the compliment of like the characters feel really well acted is that they're really detailed and really different types of people populating the book. Are mm -hmm. they drawn? Uh, you say you use yourself as a model. Um, do you uh, 
are you pulling from people you know or is it are you going to a, a mini mall and watching the people go by <laughs> um i would say like a couple of the characters are based off of like types of people that scott and i have met in our past times of our jobs um marty is actually essentially a an amalgam of a character description that he had mixed with like every dude that i've ever worked with in fast food <laughs> um, which i have a lot of stories of and i i would say specifically most of the main characters have some sort of like nod to someone that i know specifically but i always try to like do the same for the writer as well so i mean i feel like we have equal input in terms of character design and stuff like that can you talk about where the title comes from and just to clarify for anybody listening who wasn't watching earlier it's spelled t-r-v-e-k-v-l-t but pronounced true cult right yeah, so yeah. How, how did you end up settling on that so that's a um that's a uh that's like a black metal slang Mm -hmm. um for you know the most underground right like i only listen to true cult black metal but it's spelled like that because you're taking the piss about people who actually <laughs> feel that way um and um and then to make this a very fucking dumb long story then a lot of um labels will release on vinyl and they say it's only available on true cult black right because the black is the truest color for black metal right so the only color vinyl is black right so um mm. there's a record there's a record at the center of the of the book um that that he gets in the heist that plays a major role throughout the book um and, and so it's in reference to that it's also in reference to the fact that there's a cult in the book um but originally the name of the book was um true cult black um but liana said at one point early on she's like why don't we just call it true cult and i was like done sold so that's what <laughs> nice what do you listen to when you're working on this book or any book do you <laughs> listen to metal music or what are your what are your go-to's liana i'll answer i guess uh sorry i got really excited i have a playlist for every character also, oh, wow. for the Kickstarter as well as, and actually that's something like I would hit up Scott and be like, okay, what would Bernice listen to? And so he'd give me his list and I'd add my list too, because I feel like we get the characters enough equally and then, you know, throw all that. Um, but uh, when I was listening to, um, I have a, like a range of like metal music, but I would typically listen to Bernice's like mostly hip hop R&B uh playlist mm. and then marty's like metal slash 80s hair metal slash you know like an nice. album of all that so cool. awesome that's awesome uh, uh i can't Scott, I, yeah. I, I i can't write and listen to anything that has words or lyrics yeah, in it yeah, it, makes sense. Just, it messes up your brain so i listen to a lot of um um, electronic music noise um synth music you know just a lot of I have a lot going on all day while I'm sitting here. So, um, but I, I can't, I can't listen to anything with lyrics while I work. So awesome. Now you, yeah. you said you did this as a Kickstarter first and now it's going to IDW. Is that correct? What's that experience been like? Yeah. So we, you know, we, we, um, we had a few publishers interested and then COVID happened 
And the publisher that was most interested was like, well, I can't really say what's going to happen now because we're canceling a lot of books and blah, blah, blah. And um, so we just said, you know what? We don't know what's happening. Let's just do this book. We'll do it how we want it, you know, exactly the way we want it. We'll do a Kickstarter. Um, and, and, and that's what we did. And then um, IDW actually got in touch with us the day we launched the Kickstarter. Oh, wow. And yeah, they... Um, got in touch and they're like, Hey, what's, what's up with this book? You know? So we, we've been, uh, that, we've been, that takes some of the pressure off. I would think. Right <laughs> oh <the> yeah. <laughs> totally. Yeah. We had, we actually, we had a few other publishers get in touch too, which always is a good feeling, right? You're like, Oh, okay. Yeah. All right. You know, but, um, but yeah, they, they were, they were really, they were interested from the beginning. And then, um, Mark Doyle, who is uh, executive editor of, uh, black label and vertigo over at DC, uh-huh. he took over as the, as I started IDW originals, um, over at IDW and he called me and said, what do you got? You know, yeah, he's like, awesome. he's like, what's going on with true cult? Cause he had heard, I had talked to him about it previous. And I said, well, actually, you know, IDW's already been asking about it. He's like, let's, let's talk about it. You know? So we really got kind of moving then. And, um, we were, I, we had like, we had signed a contract with them before we finished the last issue, but we told them before, like, we're going to finish it our way before we do anything with IDW. So that's, that's what we did. Oh, and I was going to say, um, it's the, the first issue has so many sort of twists and turns. I would not have predicted we end where we begin without spoiling anything. Is that what we can look forward to uh, going forward for the rest of the series? And is there a larger world beyond what you have for this series? Absolutely. Uh, we have a lot of uh, special content specifically for IDW. So like, even though the backers for True Call on Kickstarter got to see what they think is the whole story we actually have a whole bunch of additional pages and stuff for the print edition with idw and you know we thought that that was a really cool way to like offer that versus yeah um and scott has an entire universe blocked out (laughs) for this for this book i i feel like but uh every every issue is i think packs a major slap at the end so yeah there's a lot of weird stuff that happens you know we just kept we just kept filling it up you know we just kept saying like let's just make every page fucking fun to read and weird and make the issues worth rereading multiple times to go back and really try to find the hidden things because there's all sorts of stuff in all the panels hidden around you know just little things to find because you know liana has such an attention to detail too and we just you know everything is just we want to like pack it in you know we want to make it worth the reader's time um and, and actually the 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 kickstarter was uh four issues but the uh, idw series is five issues we're adding mm. um 10 pages to to stretch it out to 10 issues and I, when i say stretch it out that sounds like we're just putting some filler in we're not because the thing is we actually had some stuff we wanted to put in the first time around but we just we never got around to it you know and then we were like when we had the opportunity to they talked to us about sort of reformatting it and making it a little longer um we were able to you know add some scenes that we didn't have before and um we were there were one or two places where like of course after we finish it i'm realizing man that fucking sucks and like we still got to like (laughs) fix you know we got to fix some things and like like hey can we add a page here to just make a nice transition like just little things like that but overall it's much more cohesive i think um and i hopefully it'll be a a really worthwhile reading experience for everyone one of the things i oh so i'm sorry go ahead 
Oh, I was just going to say it's a surreal experience to watch it get a second life even, like, not yeah. even that it was dead in the water, but that it's, like, revi- like 2.0, you know? Mm-hmm. Right, and like and like people have already read it. It's been it's been available to read for a year, and people have already read it, and they're fucking psyched about buying it and reading it again. You know, so it's like that's a good feeling. That's one of the yeah. things I really liked about it is once I read it through and got a sense of it, I was like, oh wait, there was like little hints along the way, and I like went back and looked at all the panels and saw like a lot of the foreshadowing and details in there. Even the cover, I was like, oh, this makes so much more sense now. Uh, pretty cool. <laughs> yeah, there's a, there's 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 a scene in issue four that, without spoiling anything, it uses the same panel about fifty times, right over Whoa. multiple pages, and that was in the script. I was like, I'm trying to make life easy. I need to do this thing, and it needs this many panels, but I don't want Leona to have to draw six extra pages. Right, draw one panel, copy and paste it, and then we'll just letter it, and we'll be good to go. And of course, she was like, Well, I could do that, or I could just make all of them a little different so now like i was reading the proof of it the other day and i'm going through and i'm like holy shit like i've read it you know but i was like looking at the proof the other day and i was like i just forgot how much is in every one of those panels it's like it's like it's like a puzzle for kids or something like what is it there's something in every panel that's worth like finding even though it's the same thing right Uh, or or, but roughly the same thing I love that you're still surprised by your book. You're reading. You're like, Whoa, dude. I saw something good. in the I saw something in the book the other day that I had never seen, and I texted. Her. I was like, "How the fuck did I miss this?" I like to put inside jokes and memes. Something that a couple of my patron and followers who have been collecting my work for a while have noticed and pointed out. They're Aww, like, "Hey, that cool. looks like a meme that I know." And I'm like, sometimes there's just. You know, I gotta, I gotta make it interesting for you to read five years from now. Yeah. So, uh, no, there's, I, there's, 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 there's so, so cool. much cool stuff she adds too. Like, there's like little places where there's little bits of dialogue that are just drawn next to the character's face, right, or their mouth, right. It's like I wasn't in the script; she just drew it on there, and it's like it's fucking perfect. You know, it's great. That's it's like awesome. so much. There's just all these little stuff everywhere. You know, that's true cult shit, right? Am I saying that right? Am I using Absolutely. that? <laughs> Absolutely. Oh, that's very cool, <laughs> Justin. That's real cool. <laughs> the, the thing, the, the thing about the thing about t- spelling it like that, though, is that sometimes we're doing a lot of like interviews or whatever we're typing a lot or we're using it in a lot of emails then i find myself replacing u's with v's I'm like, what the fuck are you doing right like, like, <laughs> <it's not happening. laughs> it's like man he really slipped off the edge <laughs> so, uh so i i just wanted to touch on one more i think it's so great that you have all five issues done at this point right so yeah. it isn't like basically. anybody who has basically anybody who hasn't gone to the kickstarter if they're picking it up for the first time they're going to get it on a monthly basis it's not like oop, you're going to hit issue three and then there's going to be a delay there so it's it's done it's 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 a handful of it's a handful of new pages they're all drawn we just need to finish coloring them and lettering them and proofing them and throwing them in a pdf see how it looks you know it's it's but it's, it's essentially done we essentially gave idw a completed book so that was a good feeling like it was very little yeah. pressure right it was just like hey now the only challenge is to just use the extra pages that they're giving us to really like take it over the top you know they've been Uh, so supportive in terms of uh letting us do extra content like i'm even doing like a second round of covers for like uh special edition stuff and yeah yeah there's a (laughs) no dude please yeah so there's a there's a there's a 
you know, it's comics in 2022, so there's a bunch of variant covers. But the cool thing about it is we just got our friends to do them, so it's fucking great. They're all these great, you know, variant covers. Yeah. But So there's a main cover, but then there's also an um, exclusive cover you can only get ordering through IDW online. And Liana drew all those, and they connect. Um, mm, so they're, they're, it's one image Ooh, that connects uh, and tells a story across the image, so... Liana, I'm getting the impression that you do extra credit at every turn. So that's how you approach things. You don't get straight plus A's for nothing. <laughs> mm-hmm. Now, since you did complete this a while ago, I imagine that you have other projects in the works or other things that you're working on. Uh, what else can we expect from either of you, either together or separately? Liana, do you want to go first? My there you go. my new book is not announced yet, so but it's a huge one. It's pretty big for me. Um, and Scott and I still have something in the works yet again, which is amazing and awesome. Um, and I also have an Archie one shot coming out uh, Ooh, at nice. the end of October, which is the Chilling Adventures of Sorcery with Casey Gilly. Oh yeah! Oh and nice! I have. Just I'm so a, jealous. Endless <laughs> amount, <laughs> an endless amount of uh, variant covers coming out, which uh, are apparently flipping for like $200 plus on eBay right now. So, oh, damn. Um, hey. Pre order all your variant covers from wow. your shop to get them so you don't have to pay that kind of money on eBay. Awesome. Oh, and Scott, what about you, other than the project you're working on with Liana? Yeah, so we're wrapping this up, and we haven't. Yeah, like she said, we have another thing we're 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 ramping up on. Um, we got I've got quite a bit of that written. Um, I, I and then um, I can't say anything else, but I actually signed the contract today for another creator-owned book, which I'm very excited about. Hey, hey, today, um, yeah, it's right. fucking today, man. So you know, All right. cheers. cheers. Um, and uh, God, what else is coming out? I'm doing some more Savage Tales for Dynamite. Ooh, I nice. just did it. I did. I did that for them. It came out earlier this month or last month. I'm doing another one of those. Um, uh, I got a bunch of unannounced stuff that I can't say anything about. Um, and then the, uh, the the only other big thing um, that I can talk about is the um, adapting a Neil Gaiman novel uh, into a graphic mm-hmm. novel for Harper Collins. But that's essentially done now. It's just waiting for the art. So you know that's going to be years till it's done. What's, but. what's the novel? Uh, Interworld. He co-wrote it with uh, Michael Reeves uh, yeah, from yeah. Uh, '07, oh, yeah. maybe 2007. Um, so yeah, we're we're making it into a, a graphic novel. So I've I've turned that in. Now I just get to sit back and watch the art come in. So awesome! Nice. Yeah. That's so cool, I, folks. This book is so great. Thank you so much for talking yeah, about it. I'm looking forward yes, to so reading fun. the rest of the issues. And thanks for coming out tonight. Thanks for chatting. Yeah, thank you. Thank appreciate you so much it. for having us on. Yeah, for sure. All right. Congrats. There we go. Hold on. Oh, there we go. Okay. Uh, Once again, the book is called True Cult. It's from IDW. It's out August 7th. Banger! It is a banger Banger. from Scott Brian Wilson and Liana Kangas. And now we're going to move to our next section. Hey, Brent. Have you ever seen Babylon 5 before? Babylon 5? I mean, that show from the 90s? Yep. No. You want to watch it for the first time? Let's do it. Babylon 5 for the first time. Not a Star Trek podcast. We are two veteran Star Trek podcasters watching Babylon 5 for the first time. We're searching for Star Trek-like messages in the series and deciding if we should have watched it sooner. You can find us on Good Pods, YouTube, and anywhere you get your podcasts. Babylon 5, for the first time, 
not a Star Trek podcast. Which is my favorite section because you all make it up. It's your audience questions. And for audience questions, all you got to do is drop a question and ask a question or over in the comments on YouTube. I'll keep an eye on those. But other Love than me. the artisanal true cult cocktail, what are you all drinking tonight? Pete, what's going on? I'm, uh, you know, I'm polishing off this vodka in the can here that uh, my brother's got in the old mini fridge behind me you, here. You've been really nice. banging through those. Oh, man. You know, they're free, which is very does, helpful. Does he yeah. know that you're stealing from be him? Cool. Be cool, man. All right. You know, I semi watch his kids, so I kind of earn them a little bit. You know semi I mean? watch? That's bad, yeah. too. You got to have 100% watch them. Yeah. What about you, Justin? What are you drinking? I just polished off a little bit of Lambrusco, uh, Ooh, red that I like. Ooh, that a lightly fancy. sparkling red, not sweet. And then I'm getting into one of my favorite beers, uh, the Grippa Grapefruit oh, yeah. IPA from uh, Cisco Brewery in Nantucket. Cracking it. Excellent. Oh, nice. Well, why don't we get to some questions here? We well, I wanted to ask you guys. Oh, yeah. Oh, we got a how question excited. from Pete LePage. How excited wow. are you guys for the new season of Lock and Key? I'm fucking pumped, man. Uh, I love that show. It's uh, bittersweet that it's coming back for um, only one more season that we're about to sink our teeth into this very night. What? But, we're already uh, doing a show tonight. Yeah, but we are going to be putting up new episodes of Lock and Key Unlocked every single day starting yeah. tonight at 3 a.m. First episode is going to be up then. Uh, and then I'm going to set my alarm for days. 2.58. No, going to no, get up, that, watch, man. record, to run it out. <laughs> but we are going to have eight episodes that are going to roll out. They're going to be in the Lock and Key Unlocked feed. So if you haven't subscribed to that, do subscribe. And um, yeah, I, I know some people will probably want to binge everything on the first day, but we like putting out things one a day. One a day. Let it space out a yeah. little bit. So there exactly. you go. The, the race. We're a couple of tortoises running the race. You know, we're not, <laughs> not rabbits. <laughs> Yeah. Uh, why don't we actually, we got a question here on YouTube from somebody who watches Riverdale after dark. This is Kelly McLeod says excited for season seven of Riverdale. Um, yes. uh, the only answer is talk about season, like series coming to an end. Oh, the, man, yeah. Riverdale. If you're not watching, we talk about Riverdale a lot. Um, one of our favorite shows. It's insane in a way that no other show is. And to the idea that they're sitting down in the writer's room to be like, all right, who's got the last idea they have for Riverdale <laughs> is wild. They're going to do everything and uh, going to end in a place that I'm sure is going to be totally it, unpredictable. It is very funny to me that people are like, are they? So, for those who haven't been paying attention, the short version is the cliffhanger at the end of season six is they're now in 1955. They're back in high school. The only person that remembers that they were adults at one point is Jughead. And, and we should say a... also, just so you know, like they were in high school for some of the show that it time jumped forward and they were adults who were like divorced and shit. And now they're moving back to high school in the 50s after um, light spoiler, a meteor almost destroyed just the town of Riverdale. Right. So it, it is very funny to me that a lot of the discussion right now, given that there's probably going to be 22 episodes or honestly, if there was even 13 episodes or 10 episodes, they're like... Ah, they're going to be in high school in the 1950s the entire season? No! No, they're going to put also, everything on the table. It's going to be, they're going to do whatever. They'll have it's cell phones. Yeah. They'll do whatever they do want. Do you really think it's going to be like Greece the entire time? It's not. 
It's going to go crazy. Yeah. People are going to get murdered and explode, and there's going to be like gnomes that dig their way out of the ground. So Greece. They might do Greece for the musical. I'll tell you what. Somebody asked me that on Tumblr. They were like, <clears throat> because people have been asking. Tumblr. Them, Tumblr. Tumblr. What? I love Tumblr. Alex do you on still Tumblr. get faxes? Like, what year do you live in? <laughs> Listen, the I'm on a lot of social man, media. All right. Oh, but my point is that uh, a lot of people Somebody have been asking about Greece for years. And when I was, they were like, hey, do you think they'll do Greece this year? And I think my answer was like, well, that doesn't make any sense because they're in 1955 and Greece didn't come out into the 1970s. Though now that I think about it, Jughead remembers, so maybe he could pretend that Greece is his and he could write down Greece and they could do Greece. And okay, fine, they're probably going to do Greece. Honestly, that's the best opportunity for Jughead to write something that anyone likes. Is to oh, just, come uh, on, man. To Biff Tannen, um, come on. the great earth of <laughs> the last 20th, half of the 20th century. He's not even going to tell anybody. He's going to be like, I wrote this great musical. Uh, it's yeah. called Greece. Enjoy it. They're like, oh, so it's about right now? And he's like, yeah, it's yeah. very nostalgic. And they're like, for yesterday? What are you talking about? <laughs> and then there's going to be another right Jughead who writes Grease too. Yeah. Anyway, I'm very excited. I don't know how they're going to tie it up. I don't know what they're going to do. It's going to be great. It's going to be wild. Why tie it up? Uh, why tie it up? Exactly. Why tie it up? My tie it up. This is from Stray Bullet over here on Crowdcast. Since Comic-Con, some of the Marvel actors keep accidentally dropping major news while they're in the middle of interviews. Do we think those are really accidents? Externals, uh, Eternals too. Now the Punisher news from Rosario Dawson. Congrats, Pete. Is this just a way to build hype and get exposure without the huge panel announcements? Uh, I'm going to throw something out at you. I think both Pat and Oswald and Rosario Darson are too online and both made mistakes is what I think happened here. I agree. The, the patent one felt so, so so small of an announcement. Like it felt more casual. The Rosario one, I feel like you could make a case. It was a plan, but they well, were, no. they felt unplanned to me. <clears throat> they uh, definitely felt well, unplanned. Just if you haven't caught up with them. So the Rosario Dawson one, actually was incorrect i'm very sorry pete but apparently what well, happened you didn't was know when it happened i mean she was like oh yeah i just found out and i was like yeah, so she was on a panel at c2e2 to give anybody the background on this and she said i just found out that the punisher is coming back as john bernthal i haven't gotten to do stuff with him come on let claire temple hang out with john bernthal's the punisher gonna be so cool everybody lost their minds and then at like 2 30 a.m she was like uh sorry some fed told me that at the signing table Probably should have just listened to fans. I didn't realize that wasn't true. So that's not true. The other one was Pat Oswald went on, I think, the Today Show, and they asked him about Eternals, and he was like, yeah, I think they've announced that uh, Eternals 2 is coming from Chloe Zhao. Very excited to bring more Pip the Troll into the Marvel Universe. And I think, frankly, what happened was there was one of, so you know the account discussing film, there's a yes. bunch of fake accounts that have too many U's and S's in them, and they keep putting out fake information. And one of them went super viral with a thing saying that Chloe Zhao was coming back for Eternals 2, and it was announced and linked to Deadline, but not actually linked to Deadline. I guarantee you Pat Oswald saw that tweet and was like, oh, great, more for me, and then talked about it on the Today Show. That's exactly what happened. Well, it's, it's just Wow, so you think neither's happening? Here's the thing. Both of them, totally reasonable things to actually happen at some point. But I don't think Pat Oswald or Rosario Dawson leaked them. I think fans told them and they saw tweets. Well, here's the thing. Punisher on Disney Plus, I don't buy it. 
I don't think they'll do that. Uh, I mean, so that it's one crazy I feel like that Deadpool's there right now. I I couldn't believe that Deadpool is there. But Punisher uh, coming back in the Daredevil series, Punisher coming back in like a Midnight Suns movie or something like that. Any of that yeah, could happen. That definitely happened. But as Justin knows, actors are out of their fucking gourds. You know what I mean? Like they <laughs> they don't fucking write this stuff. <laughs> they just read it out yeah. loud. So like, don't fucking I'm say anything. Yeah. 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 My eyes are crossed right now, aren't they? Yep. Uh, this isn't exactly a question and I don't want to blow up Pete's trivia later but just Uh-oh. in case not uh, we got a rip Olivia Newton-John from Easy Reader I guess that came out of the discussion about Greece. Pete right. were you going to bring that up was that your secret celebrity later on yeah spoilers Jesus oh, boy. Hey. okay so we'll pay tribute to her later with That's trivia alright Pete <laughs> the ultimate <laughs> tribute to any uh, performer is uh, to be featured in Pete's trivia Yes. Someday hey. I I and Alex hope to be featured in one of the last versions of Pete's trivia. <laughs> oh man. What is suitable. There's been a no, lot actually... of talk today. We've talked a lot about what we're gonna do when we die to each other. That's true. <laughs> this That's day. true. I don't maybe I'm feeling morbid, but I would like Pete to do trivia, a secret Justin quiz at my funeral. Really like really bother everyone like that. <laughs> This one over here is from Kevin. What are some of your... This is a, I don't know where this is coming from, but I'm curious to get Kevin to clarify the comments over here. But what are some of your favorite comic stories told out of chronological order? What? Mm. I How guess that, that would mean... Possible. Out of... Well, I think a lot of stories, you know, like where you see, like, the present thing and it's, like, surprising... And then you jump back in time to find out how you. Oh, okay, that's what you're saying. Okay, right, or jumping all over in time. Like, wasn't Spawn doing that? Wasn't that the whole deal with the clock? He was jumping all over the place, or was it chronological? Yeah, what was the deal with that clock? Um, I mean, I'll I'll throw. Maybe this is what it's actually inspired by. But recently, we've talked about every issue of Batman Killing Time. Just the one I was going to say say that. Take it away, Justin. No, you you uh, you got it. You beat me to it. You won the prize. Tough talking. So this was, without spoiling it, it was a story of Riddler and Catwoman going on a heist for something. They take something from Batman. He's after them. A bunch of other people are after them. And the whole thing is told completely out of chronological order, jumping all over the place, back in time, forward in time. Very cool. Yeah, I mean, for a while that got annoying when they would kind of start with the action and then go back and tell you the story and then lead it right up to the action again. Um, but you know, as Kevin is talking about in the chat there, you know, Pulp Fiction, uh, did it really well. And, and sometimes those stories were super interesting and, and well done, but other times it got a little kind of tired. So, um, you know, it really depends on whose hands it's in. Um, but yeah. Like a lot of things you want to have it in good hands. Um, the, uh, one that came up for me, uh, uh, and, a thing that ran through the Marvel annuals back in the nineties, the Korvac quest, I think it was called Mm -hmm. Um, fantastic four and silver surfer jumped through a bunch of different times. Reed Richards uh, spins the blast from the ultimate nullifier through different time periods to, um, to win. Uh, That was very cool. Um, I feel like so much, so many uh, comics are, it's about time travel right now. It's such a thing. Yeah, I mean, most Kang stories are told out of order to that point. You're talking about about Krang? Yeah, Krang stories. Nice. 
My yeah. favorite. I can't wait for the the MCU movie that focuses exclusively on Krang. <laughs> uh, we got one last related one over here on YouTube. All in the Game says, was I the only one who assumed the Eternals when announced in the first would be the precursor to the MCU's X-Men? I mean, I, I wouldn't say necessarily that, but just to pivot off of that... When do you think they're actually going to announce X-Men? Or how are, do you think they're going to announce X-Men? <laughs> well, now that we have a little more information, we've certainly talked about this a lot, but getting into spoilers here, it was introduced that Miss Marvel is a mutant or has mutant genes or something like that. Like that's I right. still don't thing. buy it. You still don't buy it. But they're, they're they played very the slowly seating this in. They played the riff, man. See, that's just a music cue. That's anybody oh, could do that. We can play that on. now. It doesn't mean we got a mutant here, though I'm a mutant. I should say. Ah. Oh. Well, what do you actor. think, Pete? When are they going to introduce X-Men into the MCU? All right, let's see. It's uh, the ninth, so I'm going to say 2025. Oh, great. Um, uh, do you I think actually, it's going to come before the slate that we've just gotten? I time? actually think I know Pete was joking and throwing out a random year, but I actually think he's correct. I legit yeah. think that at D23, because they have like the entire bottom half of that timeline that Kevin Feige put up is completely blank. You have Fantastic Four, you have Kang Dynasty, you have Secret Krang? Wars, Krang Dynasty. Yes, exactly. I think they're going to announce X-Men probably at D23 because like that that instantly elevates Kang Dynasty. It instantly elevates Secret Wars. And, like, you have all the stuff they announced before and knowing that they're going to loop the X-Men into that, that's that's all of it. That's X-Men. That's Fantastic Four. That's Spider-Man. That's the Avengers. It's everything. That's the thing that makes it bigger than Infinity War, bigger than Endgame. Whether it works, that's down to the story, but I think they're going to go for it. But don't you think it sort of makes sense for the X-Men to come out of Secret Wars? Like, when why? they're sort of resetting... Why? Their... <laughs> sure. Why? Well, be... Just because that's, like, a grand reset to, like, the smoke clear and there's, like, a team of X-Men there and everyone loses their minds makes a lot of sense to me. And then you just blow out the have X-Men series and then we are we just dive into that whole, whole hog. Because I think having the X-Men conflicts a little bit with all the stuff they've announced. How so? Because there's a lot going on <laughs> right now. In, <laughs> it, to throw the X-Men in there, it's like, that's that's the kind of chaos level that I think is what got Star Wars in trouble. Mm. I Potentially, but I think so far... But you, the, you're, on, you're like, bring it all now? I bring want it all now. now. Give it to me all. I have a limited amount of time on Earth, as we've established earlier on in the show. <laughs> I got to get it all now. I got to get it in before, uh, you know, COVID-2 gets me or whatever. We actually got a clarification from All in the Game. Shot. Well, a follow-up here from All in the Game says, otherwise, what was the bigger point in introducing the Eternals mythology to the MCU? Great question. Exactly. Yeah. If you That's want the exactly answer to that, right. re-watch Eternals and realize that Pat Oswalt was wrong in saying <laughs> I, I think very much like Eternals in the Marvel Comics universe they expected it to be way bigger than it actually was. And I think they'll barrel on anyway. They'll bring these characters back. And I trust they'll figure out a way to like pick the best stuff and bring it forward. But as for an Eternals 2 or anything like that, I guess we'll see. But my suspicion was that was supposed to be the big hook. And when it kind of fizzled in the movie theaters, that didn't become the big thing that they were going to go forward with. 
Yeah. There you go. That is it for your audience questions. And now it is time for trivia. And for that, we're going to turn over Uh-oh. Pete LePage. All right. Uh, do we got somebody or are we no. uh, we're looking for anybody who hand? wants to do trivia for that first hand up? The way we do it, Pete, is first with the first hand, hand up. up. Yes. Anybody say first hand up or me in the comments or anything like that. If you're over on YouTube, it's going to be a little or bit of a like delay, I but volunteer or here in uh, Crowdcast, just somebody say me, me, me. And you're going to get $25 me, me, me. And, uh, comics. Just... A moment of quiet um, observance of Olivia Newton-John's death. So that's a benefit. <laughs> Wait for, for it, the... dude. Stop mm, and an, and an advanced COVID, too. You're going to get some COVID, too, as well. <laughs> Ooh, Easy Be Reader the... over on YouTube gives a hand up. All so right. Easy Be Reader, easy since there's going to be a little bit of a delay, I'm going to feed you the answers over here. Oh, wait. So... Hey. Oh, wow. Wait, you're going to feed the answers? Well, no, I'm going to feed that's... some questions. Oh, That's what I'm going to do. I don't know if I trust you. All uh, right. Today, easy reader, you're up. Uh, here we go. Pete, take it away. Thank you. Today's trivia is on topical comic news and a small nod to the legend, Olivia Newton-John. Oh, uh, she just died. R.I.P. Sandy. All right. Please listen to all three options before you make your selection. Here we go. Question number one. Boom Studios is launching a new horror comic about blank. Is it A, a social worker, B, a party head nodder, or C, Chris Kattan? So Mm. it's either A, which is the only one that makes sense, or you could be completely wrong and pick Chris Kattan. I got to say, B kind of makes sense as well. Mm. Oh, yeah? You think so? The only thing that doesn't make sense is Chris Kattan, really. Mm -hmm. Mm, Right. Yeah, what is this, a quirky Romano comic book? No, it uh, it was not the reference. Oh, is it Corky Romano? Is that the secret movie you're doing? No. no. Ooh, we got an A from Easy Reader. Yeah, there we go. There we go. It's not at the Roxbury because he was nodding his head, you know, at parties Mm -hmm. and stuff. Mm -hmm. Okay, Mm -hmm. okay, here we go. Question Ah. number two. What obscure supervillain was shown in the She-Hulk trailer for the upcoming Disney Plus show? Was it A, Jack O'Lantern, B, the Porcupine, or C, Fabio. So it's oh. either A, don't pick it, or it's B, the pine. Porcupine? Porcupine was shown in the trailer? Where'd That's right. That? Where'd you That's get right. that if info you, from? If you go at Still by Still, bro, you can clearly see Still by Still, bro. I gotta I gotta check the facts here. Go ahead. Wow! I, I got it Alex, from Rama, bro. Why don't you go... Calling it to question. Yeah. Calling it to question. After the all these years... Uh, B! Here we go. After all these years of you reporting the news to us. Yes, yeah. absolutely. Okay, here we right. go. Question number three, last one. That's how we challenge the source. Who is returning to the Hulk for the new comic called Planet Hulk World Breaker? Is it A, Greg Pak, B, Greg Rucka, or C, Charo? So it's mm. either A, Greg Pak, which makes sense because he wrote the uh, Hulk comic. Makes a lot of sense. That he's uh, returning to. Charo, you say. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Charo. Ooh. Charo's Starro's sister, right? That's correct. Correct. A nice little bonus there. Yeah, well, that's true. Oh, okay. Porcupine in the focus group, in the support group. There yeah, you. that's right, you motherfucker. Oh, okay. Sorry about that. <laughs> yeah, just, hey. just fucking. Easy reader says that. That was right. Yeah. Okay. Yes, it is a. Uh, and the case, Alex. Yeah, you're also back. right, Kevin. 
we're still talking about the 2017 TV movie Sharknado 5 Global Swarming. Oh, Jesus Wait, Christ. You have a back-to-back same back movie? Come back because it's Shark Week, motherfucker. Go ahead and get a lucky shark tooth. Come on. Anyway, Easy Reader, congratulations. You have won a $25 gift card to Midtown Comics. If you would like that, email us at comicbookclublive at gmail.com, and we will get that off to you. And as we all know, new comic books are coming out all the time. Right. What are you dudes looking forward oh, to? Pete? Uh, well, I'll tell you, I, I'm looking forward. There's a lot of great comics, and we're going to talk about them all tomorrow. But I'm looking forward to the Deadliest Bouquet number one, Mind Management Bootleg number two, one of the best comics on the shelf right now, Superman, Son of Kal-El, number 14, and of course, Punisher, number five. I mean, come out. Come on. I'm just saying all of the comics. Justin, uh, what about you? What are you looking forward to? Uh, well, I agree there's a lot of good stuff. I'm going to take it all back home and uh, go with Captain America, Sentinel of Liberty, number three. This is a book. Uh, there are a lot of Captain America books um, that have come out in our lifetimes, for sure. This one does a great job of like mixing some of that old school flavor, that classic cap earnest good guy doing stuff with some like really good superhero modern action and a great mystery uh, that I've been really surprised by how much I love this book. Totally agree. And I don't remember which titles Pete shouted. So maybe I'm going to repeat some of them, but really looking forward to love everlasting number one from image comics. This is a great book that came out on Substack a while ago, and now it's coming out from image comics from Tom King and Elsa chart and I guess. And mm. also I'm very interested in predator. Number one, the alien yeah, books dude. from Philip Kennedy Johnson have been so good. I'm curious to see what they do with this other Horror alien franchise. This is from Predators in the news. There you go. In the, what's right. in the news? Predators. Predators <laughs> in the news. And that's it for this week's show. A couple of people we want to thank. We want to thank Scott Brian Wilson and Liana Congas for coming on. Check out IDW's True Cult out August 17th. August 17th. Next week on the show, two guests are going to be Russell Nohelty is going to be here to talk about Ichabod Jones, Monster Hunter, and friend of the show, Ramsey Hassan, is going to be here to talk about his story in Edge of Spider-Verse. Also, as mentioned earlier on, Lock and Key Unlocked. Our Lock and Key podcast is back starting tonight for the next eight days, so check that out. New season is fire. The Doom Room, our Doom Patrol podcast. Check that out every Thursday. Or you can get every single episode of our recap by going to patreon.com slash comic book club. If you'd like to subscribe and follow this podcast, Apple, Android, Spotify, Stitcher, or the app of your choice at Comic Book Live on Twitter, Comic Book Club Live on Instagram, Comic Book Club Live.com for this podcast and many more. Until next time, good night. Good night, we're out! They sit on plastic couches and they let the secrets leak. And occasionally they'll let that special guest speak. So grab your grin and
At Parker, our purpose is simple. We want to make the world a better place. By working more efficiently. By using more sustainable practices. By developing better technologies. We keep moving forward. With each new idea, innovation, and partnership, we're one step closer to fulfilling our purpose every single day. To find out more, visit parker.com slash purpose. Parker, engineering your success.